You are now tuned in to the Dimensions of Success podcast, where we define success and we don't let success define us. Hello, everyone. If you are new here, welcome to The Price is Right, where the price is right, the conversation is right, the topics are right. I could go on and on, but just know that you're in the right place. So you should hit that subscribe button so you can come back next week at the same time. And if you are returning, I thank you for your support, my loyal listeners. You know that I am coming at you with another great episode. On tonight's episode, we will be having the Slay Queen herself, Rochelle Hemingway. Rochelle Slay Hemingway is the wife of Dr. Retired United States Air Force Chief Master Sergeant Dominic Hemingway. She's a mom to 11-year-old Andrew, a.k.a. AJ, a self-made health and fitness enthusiast and the owner of hashtag Slay to Success LLC, which is, which is an executive consulting speaker business. She's an Arborn independent consultant and a retired United States Air Force Command Chief Master Sergeant. Without further ado, let's get into tonight's episode. Welcome, Rochelle. So happy to have you on the show tonight. I'm excited to be here. It's um, a great opportunity to sit with you and and uh, talk with you this evening. So thank you so much. Thank you. It's a great opportunity to speak with you as well. I put a little thought into everyone that I asked to come on my show and somehow or another, I don't know how, it always has to do with someone I've had a great interaction with. And I'm like, I just need them on the show. <laughs> so that's um, how we do it. You know, that's, how, that's how we do that. You know, you don't want to be with anybody that you don't want to get that you don't get along with. So right. Um, and I need people that practice what they preach. So I'm like, oh, like, yeah. Yeah. Not going to bring anybody on there that's not doing that. Right. You're, you're, you're doing the smart thing. That's very smart. <laughs> but for you, what gave me the warm and fuzzies was not actually our first interaction. It was opening my email and reading an email from you with your signature block having slay in it. <laughs> and I thought to myself, who is this woman? First, I was like, yes. <laughs> yes, yes. I, I'm here for this. I'm here for this. But second, I was thinking, how dare this woman? No, good for her to put this in her signature block and send it out to everybody on the base. And that was before I knew anything about you or what your slay mantra meant and... um so I was just so excited. So when I was thinking of the guests that I want on the show, I was like, I have got to ask her. <laughs> Does she want to be on the show? Because that is success right there. That, I don't think um, the scope of it will be understood so much by people who aren't serving. But for me, that was success, opening that email. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse the me. The slay is... It, it does something. It, it just does something. And in the position that I was in, um, I was more than comfortable with who I was. And so I was, they told, you know, the boss, my boss at the time, our boss at that time. And uh, I said, it's going to be on my signature block. So every one of them. 
<laughs> and that's what I'm going to be talking about. And you know, my position as a chief, it was, yes, chief. Yes, chief. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That's the way it's going to be out here, you know? And yeah, it's a, it's a, it's definitely something that's within me. Um, and I absolutely go back to that word a lot and everything that I'm doing. So yeah, it's, it's a, it's a word. And, and I don't know if anybody, like you said, understands the magnitude, especially at that level when you can do that. Yeah. There's a lot of, a lot of, um, senior leaders, um, are somewhat, uh, hamstrung or, you know, handcuffed from going outside the lines. Right. And, you know, and, uh, they feel like the message is going to be, you know, misconstrued. And uh, I had support. So I think that was a lot of why I was able to do it. So I actually did a little bit of research into the word. Uh-huh. And one of the first times it was seen was in the Robert Chapman and Barbara Kipfer. hope I'm saying that right. Direct uh, Dictionary of American Slang. And it meant in the 16th century, impressing someone so much they lose control of their emotions and die. <laughs> it was most commonly used in the context of laughing oneself to death. Oh. <laughs> and if we want to bring it more to present day, we know that Beyonce told us to get in formation and slay. That's right. And, and that's what it's known for outside of RuPaul bringing uh, popularity to it on RuPaul's Drag Race and it being used in the fashion industry a lot for the African-American community dressed to kill. That's right. Um, but you have an acronym for it yourself that I was hoping that you would share. Yeah, so you know, before I went into um, my my last position, you know, I had the word on my signature block um, before I went out, but it was just hashtag slay. It was nothing. It was, it was just a closing, you know, word. And I wanted to be more meaningful. I because I had a platform, right? And I didn't just want to go on stage and be like, "All right, people, just let's just start slaying out here," because you know that just wasn't enough for me so I, I really took some time on thinking back to my career and what did I do that got me to that level like I did consistently and so I attached meaning to each letter of those words of just adopted principles that I've been able to master and the S so here's Here's what it all means. I know that people are very like, what in the world is she doing? But um, the S stands for stay ready to be ready. The L stands for lead out loud. The A stands for a sense of family, a sense of community. And Y stands for you are built to last. So when the very first time that I was able to speak about what it all meant. I saw people in the crowd, <laughs> they were like, what? And, and 
it was it wasn't sinking in right away for some people but then as I talked through it sharing some of the habits and the routines that I go through my leadership style how I like to engage and be connected to everyone and you know and I was there and I wasn't going to quit so in in those senior leader positions you know all eyes are on you everybody scrutinizes they want to judge every move and decision that you make and I had to stay really focused so I just stayed focused on those four things and you know you don't see the impact until you step away from it or hear about it until you step away from it and so now here I'm in retirement and people are just still they're like hey you know what the energy changed out here you know there's not <laughs> this there's not this movement you know there's no there's nothing that people can hang their hats on and say you know what at least there's somebody here who's speaking trying to speak life into other people with just a just a word but the word it closes a gap because i you know i'm older all right but i'm still young at heart and a lot of the people that i had to lead in my last position were younger but they knew what the word meant i mean as soon as i would say it people would just start smiling <laughs> There's two kind of definitions that are out there for the word, but they kind of knew what I was talking about because I was like, we're going to kill it, dominating and nail it. All right. On everything. So you got to look at your aspects of your life and start aligning yourself that way. It, it's the discipline that you can have in that word. Um, so I, I, I'm like using it for a business now, you know, so it's, it's just who is anyone who sees me, who knows me. I mean, they automatically see things in the store or something. They've been sending me stuff with slay on it. Like I get stuff in the mail all the time <laughs> because they know it's me. You know, it's that's just who I am. But um, that is that is pretty much the slay. I think what you mentioned about it having an impact that you didn't even realize until you stepped away is such a powerful statement because me even now thinking of when I thought of you thinking of that email <laughs> that's so small it might seem small on the small scale how many emails do we get I mean our whole life as military surrounds around that email you check it every day and that's your form of communication yes but for me that was a moment where I thought of a woman taking a word that was probably considered by most a slang mm -hmm. and then changing it into an inspirational acronym in mm -hmm. a male predominant field where she was at the top <laughs> chief master sergeant. <laughs> so I was proud. I am still proud. Uh, I was proud as if I had done it myself. Yeah. Um, I, I couldn't believe that I was, I was able to, to do it and to do it freely. I mean, there, there is some risk that's involved for sure. And, but when you're, you know, I was at almost, you know, I, I think when I got there, it was like at 28 years. 
And so to me, I was already in position. I'm like, are they going to fire me over this word? No. It's all in my office. Things are spread around here. And it's got Slade coming out of his office. Of course, you're going to be expecting me to come out here and say this word. I remember commanders coming up to me and going, what is this word? And why are you saying it? And, you know, I was able to like, first I had to process what they were asking me, but I was like, it's my word and I'm going to use it. All right. So you're going to hear it all the time. Thanks for the feedback. <laughs> but I know what I'm doing. All right? And it was just like, oh my gosh. So yeah, it, it was, it's very it's very interesting um, how I was able to, to go about doing it, but I absolutely uh, loved the time that I got to spend. Not everything was great. Let me, let me just preface that. There was not, you know, chocolate bridge, bridges and rainbows when a pandemic, social injustices, mission set changes, all you know, rash of suicides. I mean, all of that. Um, but again, I had to go back to the word and say, you know what? You got to pick yourself up and you got to get back at it tomorrow. All right. So let's just go get after this game. And it definitely was what you made it. It could have been if it could have maybe had a more negative impact if when you were were approached in those situations with leadership question, questioning you or asked to explain why you were saying it, or even <laughs> when you were emailing it to us, right? If you didn't stand on it the way that you did and make it to something positive, it could have been negative, but you had the mindset to make it into something that was positive. And I think that that's what makes the impact for all of us is that you were able to own something mm -hmm. and be confident in it, confident in it enough that it, spread and conveyed well to other people yeah I think that's important like what you just said to stand to stand in your own uh gosh you know like uh in yourself just just knowing who you are and not allowing other people to dictate who they want you to be you know, and I think that's the beauty of going into work you're in your most authentic self. You don't have to explain to people all day. I mean, there were some people I had explained to, but I was more than happy to tell them, you know, what it was all about. And if they still didn't get on with it, I was like, well, they missing out. All right. <laughs> um, because I'm getting feedback to say to others. And, you know, so, and I'm not trying to to damage anything out here I'm trying to help and there's not a lot of help that needs to happen out here so um yeah I I think that when you know yourself and you're very confident in in who you are and and your capabilities your skill set your gifts and you know what you can give you you can do anything I mean the sky's the limit I know you said, but at, at this point where when you got to this particular base, you had probably been in about 28 years. Mm -hmm. So I know that that mindset that you're talking about now, it didn't just come overnight. No. What, 
what steps did it take for you to actually get to that mindset where you were confident and able to make those decisions and be able to own that throughout your career? I really think it was first divine intervention, you know, <laughs> uh, because, you know, I believe in God and I believe that he puts you into places that you may not think um, you're either not ready for or you're you're kind of displaced and you shouldn't be there. But what I was able to see throughout my career, um, it, it made me it made me be ready for that position. I mean, I had so many experiences and interactions with so many different types of people, different locations, different perspectives and opinions. You know, if you're jumping from one team to the next, you have to look at who's around you and find a way to infuse into that, but bring in your uniqueness to that. And I think it was probably, I would say about my, because oh, I was a first sergeant. I think when I became a first sergeant is really when I kind of saw, uh, you know, people. You know, you don't really see, you go to work, all right? Let's be honest. We all just kind of go to work, um, do our job. And, you know, we don't really know all the ins and outs of everybody's situation. I mean, you know a little bit about it from like maybe the rumors you may be hearing across the you know the work center or whatever. Like, you hear about so and so, what happened to them yesterday? Blah blah blah. But when they're in your office and you're trying to like find a way to solve their problem to get them back into um, their routine again or on a team to you know I mean, cradle to grave, you name it, I have seen it, and so. I had to speak to senior leaders a lot when I was a first sergeant because you have to explain what other people are doing and you have to give them sound counsel. So that experience alone, I really saw people, people are like the number one priority, period, point blank. And you got to put your feet in other people's shoes. You just have to walk, walk a mile in there in your shoes and kind of see what they go through. And then now I'm the advocate for that individual. It, it, it's a, just a different spin all, all in itself. Um, but then I started moving up and I started progressing into to other roles that I had no idea what I was getting myself into, but people were recognizing, you know, some of the skill sets that I had more of the softer skills and the connectedness that I was able to do. And I really genuinely care about the health and welfare of people. So I think when you're able to do that, then that you start bringing your, your, your self into it. And you're thinking, is this who I really am? Is this who I became? You know, and I didn't want to lose myself. That was the other thing. I think the, the the higher you get into certain, you know, positions, sometimes you just, you don't, you're not the same person. And you don't want anybody to see you. 
because it's like a guard thing. He's like, well, if they find out that I like, let's just say, if I like hip hop music, right? And then I'm on a car and I got it bumped up. And if they see me, oh my gosh, that would be like the end because they'll start judging, criticizing me for blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh my gosh. I mean, if you're not, if you're not really sure about yourself, then you need to find a way to do some soul searching and find a way through that. Um, but I think my confidence level surged um, from being a first sergeant all the way up until I was a command chief. Um, my, my parents had a lot to do with that too. I think when I look back, I wasn't really uh, aware really about, you know, my upbringing, but they really had some foundational rules that you must abide. <laughs> they were non-negotiables. And they, they actually helped me a lot as I was in the military because it was very similar to how I was raised. Um, so I think, I, think that's, I think there's a lot that goes into building yourself. Um, but I had a lot of opportunities to find my confidence level and keep it high. One of the jobs that you mentioned as a first shirt, I didn't even know that you were a first shirt. That fits you so well. <laughs> <laughs> but um, that job in particular is taking care of people for our listeners that might not understand that role. That is the, that is the person that takes care of airmen uh, in the, in the air force as a position that's their only job uh, in airman leadership school where I'm instructing now mm -hmm. we teach the students a lot about trust-based relationships and when we talk about what makes them trust someone a topic that comes up a lot is benevolence yes knowing whether or not that person cares about me influences if I'm going to trust them to be able to know anything about me. And I feel like you have done that without even trying. And it's allowed you to go into these other roles that you're still doing even now, um, being retired on your slateofsuccess.com. Yes. Can you talk about some of the services that you offer there? Oh, man. You know, I'm still trying to figure it out, y'all. So for the listeners that are listening in, I am a newbie at small business ownership. All right. I'm all I'm doing is in my heart. I have these things in my head and in my heart that I am just putting out there and I'm going to find my way here soon, I think. But um, pretty much on a whim, right before I retired, said, you know what, I'm not done with hashtag slay um so it first started with okay let me just go to um jc Penney's to the the photo place and let me give me some pictures with slay because i had my had my sign and let me just let me just see what that kind of looks like right and so i went and got these pictures my husband was like what are you doing <laughs> No, I feel like I needed to do that or something. I feel like I'm in my prime, you know, like I feel good. I look good. So let me, let me just go and get these pictures. 
And then it was, oh, well, you know what? I don't want nobody stealing my stuff. I don't want nobody to be out there and be like, oh, hashtag slave. And I'll be like, no, that's mine. So I went on legal Zoom and I said, well, how do you get this LLC? I see LLC on everybody's stuff. And then I looked into what LLC really meant. And uh, I said, I think that's what I want to do. I'm just going to secure this for now. And, and then I'll see where this goes. So be, when I retired and we moved here to Maryland, um, I had, you know, I'm on LinkedIn and I'm looking at what everyone is kind of doing in this industry. And it's the transformational speaking, executive coach, you know, programs. And I'm just kind of seeing where everybody's at. And as I'm looking, there's not a lot of me's, right? Um, who are, you know, like separating themselves out with a thing, you know, like with something. It's their motivational speaker because something bad happened to them, you know, like really bad. That's kind of where that happens, like something that they had to overcome, you know, being resilient and all that other stuff. And we all have our stories and 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 we can get get people on a stage and say that. But I was like, but I don't see anybody that's really branded themselves. Right. So and I know the need is there to coach women of color who want to progress to higher levels. Because I didn't have one. I I had people that I could call on, but not on a regular basis. They weren't checking in on me like every week or, you know, calling me or emailing me and seeing how I'm doing. And I I knew that if I had that person things would have been a lot better. I wouldn't have been bending to my husband who couldn't help me with any of it because he was like, uh, you know, he's as a male, you know, sometimes they, fixing problems is just what they are there to do. And I was like, I don't want you to fix it. Hey, I just, <laughs> you know, listen, I just want you to listen. That's <laughs> listen, right. Please. You know, <laughs> I, and, and, and so I, I know there's a need. I'm in a, the right environment, especially here. This pandemic, you know, a lot of people have been at home and they've been, you know, uh, doing their work from home virtually. Now, now you've got to step back into the office space. And I know that there's going to be some struggles with people integrating, um, finding their, their way back into the corporation, building up their, their name or building up their, their talent and their skill. And so I want to be an, an option. And I also want to be a transformational uh, speaker to speak for, uh, at corporations and businesses to tell them my story of my trajectory in my career. And there were cho choke points where I felt like I needed more support. I needed a mentor. I needed somebody to advocate for me. I needed somebody to, who, knew, who knew my lingo and, and to speak, you know. And so I'm trying, I'm trying to find my, uh, my way through that and I'm navigating and I'm exploring a lot of ideas. I also created a podcast. It's called the hashtag slay to success. And they're just very short and sweet inspirational messages intended for you to use. Like, Hey, you're getting ready to go into a meeting. You only got like five minutes from where you're from your office to the meeting place. 
play it, you know, maybe it'll help you get through that. Maybe it's a little bit tumultuous. Maybe you're going home and you just need to decompress and, and on your way home, you can listen to a five to 10 minute inspirational message um, because I think that's what people need. I think that that along with connecting people mm-hmm. is also what people need. I mm-hmm. came in late briefly to a live on your Facebook. Um, I think it was last week and there was a panel of women. Oh yeah. And, and they were talking about ways that how far women have come, um, things that still need to be changed and worked on in order for us to not get the same credibility and accountability that are seen amongst our male counterparts. Yeah. And I I had it uh what is it called? I had it casted to my television because I was cooking something. Yeah. Or attempting to cook something. I'm not gonna be that um <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> I was attempting to cook something. Yeah. And um I got to listen in on some of that conversation. And it was very raw and real and just women from different walks of life. And uh, just that is also what people need. We need to get in arenas to have conversations about things and not be so filtered to who's listening or what the topic is going to be about or what we're wearing, mm-hmm. or all these other minimal things that take away from the actual conversation. And that's why I created this podcast is because I want to have those conversations that are about success. Doesn't necessarily have to be a sad story. It could be, I don't know, you feel successful as a mom. You feel yeah. successful that you drove to work today. I, I don't really care what it is as long as it's what you define that makes you successful yes and those conversations that those women were having on your facebook group which i will have in the description if anybody wants to be a part of that she goes live every tuesday and thursday correct i do but it's exclusive and it's exclusive because you got to send me an invite and then i have to you know because you know why because you know nowadays people aren't in it for the right reasons. And I'll just have to be honest. And I wanted to make sure that the group that we have are people that are going to respect each other's opinions and their views. And they're not going to go out and crush people. Because I see it on a lot of other Facebook posts or Facebook pages. And I just didn't want, I, you know, there's no, it's not necessary. So, you know, you got to be bringing it. You got to be a slayer. I mean, if you're in a, in a queen. So, it, it, <laughs> correction, this is exclusive. <laughs> and you will not have that link in the description, but you will have slaytosuccess.com and yes. at Slay Boss Lady on Instagram and yes. her LinkedIn. Yes. And her Arbonne. Arbonne, is that right? Arbonne, yes. Arbonne. So I just recently com. started, yeah, started selling Arbonne. It's a health and fitness. So I'm a health and fitness 
junkie, if you will. Yes. Um, and so <laughs> from your I, post, yes, you yes, are. <laughs> I am. So I will I will do anything that works towards people getting healthier and feeling good about themselves. Because I do also think that was one of the things that really carried me through my entire career and still to this day is I still get up in the morning and I still exercise early. Um, and I think that that brings some of the self-confidence that we were talking about. It helps with that as well, because you feel good and you're looking good in your uniform or your business attire or, you know, whatever outfit that you're going to go out and be slain in. And then you just be like, you know what? I can, I can take on anything. I feel like a superwoman out here. So I think, and, and I, I want to spend a lot more time within the community too, as I get my feet, you know, kind of settled in or, you know, just kind of firm ourselves here in the, in the community and be like, hey, okay, we need to figure out how we're going to get healthier. Cause this pandemic didn't do, it didn't do uh, some people a favor at all. Um, and I kind of yeah. see that people yeah. just didn't have either the resourcing or they just didn't have the motivation. And I think that a lot of people are just tired of the pandemic in general. Oh, yeah. And it's taking such a strain on all of our mental health, physical health. Oh, yeah. Uh, children. Uh, so many. There's so many different things uh, in all areas of our lives that it affects. Just um, for me, with my daughter, she's about to be two. Mm -hmm. And she doesn't know how to interact with people because she hasn't really been around people. Oh, yeah. So even us moving back to the South and her seeing my family more frequently, she still won't approach them or be around them or let them love on her or let them hug on her. It hurts them. Yeah. But that's one of the things that the pandemic did for us is that she doesn't really know how to interact. So I'm having to do things to try to... I've, I've looked up toddler tumbling classes and different things to just try to get her around other kids and, and interacting with people. But I agree that it has done a lot to our health, our fitness, our kids, our mental, everything, uh, everything, it's everything. There is going to be, uh, there need, will need to be a vast amount of resourcing for people to get back to, you know, or, or get some the help that they need, you know, so that way they can they can be back into, and I'm not gonna say normal because they ain't gonna be normal, but you know, some functioning, because, you know, even in my last position that I saw people they they completely changed, but they had to, you know, so they could no longer do the, some of the things that they were doing before because they had all these, you know commitments that they had to do you know people then turn into caregivers that weren't teachers you know i lord have mercy my husband had to teach our son fifth grade because you know i was at work i said i no that ain't me i am not a <laughs> i don't have the patience and you know just think that i'm saying that out loud like that that i know a whole lot of other parents they weren't they weren't ready for that I agree. I, I took in my niece for all of la uh, last year oh. and we were doing the virtual school and I was aunt 
mom and teacher. Mm. And I agree. I was thinking to myself, this is why they get paid. I, <laughs> this yes. is why we should pay them what they want. Absolutely. This is so, it takes patience. You know, you're thinking, you're explaining it to a level that they can understand when really the level that you're explaining is the level that you understand and you've had experience and they don't have the same experience that you have so it's like trying to put apples and oranges on a playing field to get both of us to talk and we can't talk Mm -hmm. and it was so difficult so I definitely understand that well you know when these schools open you know at first they were like well we don't know you know we're we're, kind of kind of have to look at the the uh, conditions and and see what kind of safety precautions we can put in play and all this other stuff. And me, my husband, laying in bed is like, I can't do it. I can't do it. I mean, they get they got to get these schools together out here, all right? Because AJ going to school, all right? So <laughs> if he got to have five masks on his face, he is going to school. And okay? that was what I decided with her too. I was like, you're going to school. <laughs> you are. You're you're a little TikToking behind. You're going to yes. school. If yes. you can, if you can sit here and do, you're you're going to school. Yes, it's that no different from that. taking them anywhere else. <laughs> the risk is the same. It is. And there, she she went to school, and I was a better person for it. We all are. You know, was, I I am not judging. People are still afraid because I get it because they want to keep their kids at school. But we made a decision because it was not healthy for us. It, it, I could just see it, it. It was all going downhill when before we moved i was like this ain't good <laughs> this next school year you are you are you're going back to school okay and i remember the first day of school and you know all the parents were out there and oh my gosh they're all on the bus and they're all bunched up and you know and i was like oh yeah i was like but all i can do is pray all right and 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 put the cover and hopefully god cover him every single day you know so give him that and then he got to, but he got to be in the school and he's absolutely loving it. I mean, he's back with people, you know, the kids, other kids. He, that's what he needed to socialize mm-hmm. and uh, to get away from us because I think there's a separation that needs to happen. Right. Um, and the roles need to be separated and they need to be defined. Right. So I think that's important. I think so too. And I think that it's, I know that because with me, I I haven't even put my daughter in daycare. My mom lives, I moved my, <laughs> talk about changes. I moved my mom in with me and she watches my daughter while I work. Yeah. Uh, but so there had to be some roles that had to change because I didn't want to put her in daycare. But for my niece, I yeah. knew that she needed it. And now it's getting to the time where my daughter also needs that interaction. Yeah. She needs, she needs to go out with and we got to make the separation thing happen. It's going to be harder for me than this for her probably. I don't know. Yeah. But really, <laughs> I also, yeah. When, when AJ was younger, I was definitely always kind of worried, had some anxiety, a little bit stressed out. But after a while, you're like, oh, I got a little extra time on my hands and I can beat myself for just a little bit. Let me go over and do this, you know? So it, it helps. It, it helps. You have to create those boundaries. Now that you're retired and you have AJ, your husband, your new place, yes. um, everything is, you said a retired life is different than what you expected it to be. But I think that what I wanted to highlight about what you said is that I'm, I still, I'm still, the schedule's still full. I'm still busy. <laughs> and uh, that's 
a part of being an entrepreneur in itself, I think sometimes people see entrepreneur, I'm going to make my own schedule. Oh, But yeah. that doesn't mean that you still are not busy. Entrepreneurship is a grind. I don't know if, if, if anyone that I'm talking about who really is putting their heart and soul into it is just sitting around waiting for things to happen. You're an entrepreneur. You got to make things happen. You, you got to find your own network. You got to find your own training. I'm, I'm writing out a business plan on my own because I don't want to pay $1,500 for somebody to do it. And I have the time to do it. So I'm going to learn. But you, you have to, if you want something for the long haul, because what I'm looking at is, you know, leaving a legacy behind and you have to put some work into it. Unless you were given monies from your family and, you know, they gave you money and then you had money already from that. But I'm building this from scratch. Like, I have no idea what I'm doing. Um, <laughs> and so it, it's different, you know, but in it, what I really enjoy, though, it's my passion. People are my passion. Women are my passion specifically. Um, so I'm like, I'm doing it for them. I'm doing it for me. And I think that's a whole different way of thinking about it as opposed to, you know, following the money. Cause I, you know, you get all that like, oh, I'm about to make, you know, a hundred grand. Let me tell you how to make six figures, seven figures in like two months. I'm like, where are you getting that money from? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not following the money. I want to follow the passion. I want to follow the purpose. Um, so I think that it's, it's, it's a little bit different for me. And, and then my busy is productive busy because I'm just not sitting around just, you know, creating things. It's no, I'm getting stuff done. Um, I have a little checklist. It's probably like 50 items deep, but I'm getting through checklist now. So I was like, I got that done and that done. And I think that it, it, it's now allowing me to, to do what I want to do and not having someone to tell me that I have to do it, but I have mm -hmm. enough, I have enough discipline in me to, to stick with it. Um, and I have support. My husband's really supportive about it. I didn't think he would be at first because it's like, You know, we're retired. I mean, we don't we don't have to go back to work, but if we wanted to, we could, but I don't want to. <laughs> so he's all like he's all like, you just do you, babe. You just do whatever you want, whatever makes you makes you happy. And this was makes me happy. So that's what I'm doing. Well, I think that the world is a better place because you decided to still slay after retirement. <laughs> That's right. And everybody is going to learn quickly like that I am not messing around with this anymore. It is a thing. It is not going away. Um, and I'm, I'm hopeful um, for where my journey is going to take me in the next you know, few years or so. Um, and especially after this pandemic, I just can't wait to be in these streets again. So 
I, I think that a lot of us are are, are doing things. So I, what I would say, you know, and I know we have to probably wrap this up because it's, you know, I can get long with it. I just can keep on talking is, you know, I, the other night I was talking to, you know, the group on my Facebook page and I was just telling people that, you know, I'm almost 50 years old. I'll be 50 next year. And I saw I have more years behind me than I do in front of me. And, you know, I've had this idea in my, in my head and in my heart for a little bit, and I could just sit on it if I wanted to. I mean, and I think a lot of us do that. We sit on things because it's not the right timing or, you know, what are people going to think about me or, you know, I don't have enough money or, you know. Rochelle. Goals that they want to get after, just do it. Just do it. Even if you're working, you can still build a business while you're working. You just may have to find some time after hours, you know, or after you get off of work to fit it in. Maybe it's just one or two hours. But a lot of people are walking around unfulfilled and they're not satisfied with their life because they didn't go off and just take that jump and take that leap of faith. So, you know, anybody's listening in and you just had those little whispers in your ear that you got to get out there and do something. Here's yet another voice telling you, go do it. Cause I think it's important for us as human beings in itself to feel as if, as if we're still significant, that we're still doing something that we're contributing to our dreams, our desires and our goals. I agree. And that is such great wisdom to share for all of our listeners um, about how we can still feel significant, not only through our own action, actions, but the support and the team that we have around us, mm -hmm. as well as whatever we believe about ourselves. Yeah. When, and when you say the, the people that you have around, uh, around you, they're you know, when you start living and then doing things in your purpose and you, you got this passion, and you know, and you, you're driving in that and you're like, yes, that's what I'm doing. Your circle is going to change because some people just won't get it and you don't want to stay stuck. It just so happens, you know, because even when I came here, I'm like, I, there's plenty of neighbors out here in this neighborhood that I can talk to, but the energy ain't right, you know, because they're not, I'm telling them, hey, this is what I'm doing. They're kind of looking at me like, what the heck is wrong with you? Right. Right. <laughs> but so now I have to, I'm now around the people who are in the business of transformational speaking and coaching, and it's a different energy that they have. And they're the ones that are kind of like, okay, hey, like tonight, there was some lady after we get off of here who just said, hey, I've got a free training. 
I want to do some beta testing. I see that you just started your business. Do you want to be a part of it? And I said, you said it was free? And she said, <laughs> yes. She she got five of us to join this program. The next day, she sent out an email and she said, and my clients after this beta group, every the, the price of this will be $2,500 a person. Mm -hmm. I said, what? So you got a $2,500 value Yes. It's just, you know, like you speak things into the universe, you know, you're praying and you're kind of like bringing that right energy in. And I could just see stuff is just happening without, you know, maybe I'm a little worried and concerned. How am I going to come up with that? Or, you know, I maybe have to wait and put a little bit of money here to the side for that. And things are just starting to happen. And I think that's when you change your mindset. And to change the way that you're looking at what you're doing, things start changing around you. I agree. And that is such a blessing that she oh. offered you this as a beta program. I I'm said, so happy for I you. I said, and let me put my pretty earrings on. Let me put my pretty Because <laughs> with the Zoom call, I was like, I'm going to dress up for her. Like, we on a date. Okay? Because put my best foot forward. Right. That's how much I'm going to love on you as soon as you get on this Zoom. I'm going to be like, I just don't know how this is happening. But, you know, I'm all in. All in. I'm be writing stuff down and listening hard and just trying my best to learn the game, you know. I don't know. <laughs> so, Rochelle, I want to ask you the magic question, which is, what makes you feel successful? Oh, there's there's so many things. So let me just start with a few. I'll just give you a few so we can kind of, we'll be here all night. Um, one is um, being a mom. My, I, I was told at one time that I could not have children. Um, and me and my husband went through IVF and we had all these, sur you're not surgeries, but procedures done. And, and uh, it just didn't happen that way. And then we went to on vacation and then, <laughs> and then I came back and I was sick and I found out I was pregnant. He had gotten pregnant naturally. And, you know, I see him and how, how he's growing and, you know, what kind of things he's into and, you know, some of the things that we're teaching him and he's now, you know, doing and he's making straight A's at school and, and he's just, you know, you could see them kind of like blossoming. And, you know, my concern, I think one of the things that we all have is when we have competing, uh, competing priorities just like you know being in the military and being at that high level I had to be places all the time so I wasn't there for him like I wanted to be but now you know when I'm done with that and I get to walk him to the bus stop every morning and walk to the bus stop at, at bus stop at night and go pick him up and and as we're having conversations and I'm like you know Rochelle you didn't do everything right, but man, this feels good. So, you know, I, I feel like, you know, that's one of the things that um, 
I'm most proud of is the success of our, our son, just, just seeing him grow and, and be a young man. Um, the other is, you know, me and my husband are still married. And I, believe me, y'all, if anybody's married to another military member that's listening in or you both are working at high-level positions, and it is not easy. It is work. And we've been married for 18 years. Not everything is, you know, glorious. Um, but, you know, I, I feel like we got about... 40, 50 more years <laughs> in it of being married. And we're just now finding our groove. And um, I'm just happy that we were able to continue to stay married and be married to this point. Um, because a lot of my peers or a lot of people that I knew, um, they just didn't, their, their marriages didn't last. Um, but there's a lot of back and forth that you have to, you know, you have to put in, you got to, Give some, take some, you know, it, it is all that. And it, it, it takes a lot, y'all. So then I'll just leave it at that. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like that, that's been success. And then the, 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 the command chief position, for sure. I mean, the pinnacle of the enlisted ranks. And then in the position to be in that, um, I still don't even think that it happened you know you this is this night's unreal like how did I get here um but I was able to do it and then retire successfully because not you know air force times you can look on there all the time or army times or whatever military branch you'll see that people you know are released for loss of confidence um and it's devastating because there's so much on on the line, there's so much at stake. So, um, I think those are the three biggest ones that I I feel like I've I've gained a lot of success in, um, and I, I'm very happy and proud of. Um, yeah. Well, thank you for coming on the show today and showing that. Success looks different for everyone, but you've been able to take something that wasn't seen as successful yes. and make it into not only a mindset, but a movement. So I'm very <laughs> thankful for you being on the show. And if you would like more of Rochelle Hemingway, all of her information will be in the description. SlateToSuccess.com, rblonde.com at Slay Boss Lady on Instagram, her LinkedIn, Rochelle Hemingway as well. Yes. That's and don't forget my podcast, the hashtag Slay to Success show. Listen in. So if you need five minutes of a pickup, I got you. Um, yes. In your car, turn it on. <laughs> yes. And I want to thank you, you know, because th this is really a, a great opportunity to share everyone's story and you're using your platform to do that. And I think that's absolutely amazing. And it's absolutely smart because then you start learning more about things that you can infuse into your life. Um, because, you know, people have different roads of success and you can kind of see where they went and whether or not it fits for you or not. So I, I absolutely think that this is amazing. Congratulations to you for um, 
making this this program. Um, and I, I strongly believe a lot of people are getting a lot from it. Well, thank you. And I can't wait for you to listen to more of Dimensions of Success. Oh, yeah, you know, I'm on it now. I'm on it now. <laughs> Let's wrap up tonight with the word of the week. The word of the week is impetus. I-M-P-E-T-U-S, which is the force that makes something happen or happen more quickly. Rochelle's impetus to bring people together using the word slay has manifested into a mantra that applies not only to her career, but everyday life. Until next time.